Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Welcome to Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware and this is my mother, Lenny. Hi. Mum, you know you are a rising star. But thank you very much. I'll just keep my star where it is. The people want more. I'll have to wait. <laughs> so our guest for Table Manners this evening is the actor Ralph Little. I'm so excited about this. This was your him. idea, actually, Mum. I know, it's my idea because... I've been a fan since he was in the Royal Family. I think he's a great actor. Yeah, absolutely. But more impressive for me is his defence of the National Health Service. Mm. We need as many people out there defending it as we can. He's now kind of, at the moment, he's very well known for getting into a public spat with Jeremy Hunt. I've been following the, tw- the Twitter mm. debate between them. And he would like a live debate. Shame we haven't got Jeremy tonight for dinner. Did we try? We did try. We emailed Jeremy's um, press person and we have had no response. (laughs) Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. We are somewhat connected. It's quite a tenuous link, but we'll chat about that later. Interesting. Mm. I feel we're quite connected with him. Why? He's northern. Northern. He's political. His interest in the health service, which is a great passion of mine. It's, I believe it's a national treasure, and I think he does too. Mm. It's about to go news night up in this bitch. So we've had a bit of a, a busy podcast week. We've had four in one week, and I've been set the task of this final dinner. So... We have gone back and forth on this. My brother actually decided on this because he thought that this would work best with Ralph. Who knows? Sam is a bit worried that it's like having dessert for dinner. It's a lamb tagine with apricots and sultanas. Why did you put sultanas in as well? Because I fancied it. Oh, okay. I've had it in Morocco like that. Have you? Do you think it's sweet? It's sweet, but... Mum, I'm sorry. You're... Says the woman that's done chicken with... uh, what was it? Apricot jam. Yeah, apricot jam. Who wanted to do wants to do Coca-Cola chicken, who did bris- brisket in the sweetest sauce. Okay. So, right. you know, you're an inspiration Fine. to me in my cooking. Thank you, darling. So it's a very sweet lamb tagine. And then we're going with, with couscous with orange zest and almonds. And then my brother's going to do the um, pudding again because he's just very good at it. And it's going to be a yogurt cake with pistachio and pomegranates. It's the legendary Moreau yogurt cake, which we absolutely adore. It's an amazing restaurant in London, which just does the most beautiful Mediterranean food. And this is 
one of my favourite dishes on the menu and it's kind of a staple on them. It's always there. Um, so I hope Ralph likes it. And we're going to have Cavolo Nero with the tagine, okay, just to kind of, you know, good. that's not sweet, is it? No. Ralph Little coming up. Ralph Little, welcome to Table Manners. Thank you so much for coming over on Friday night. Thanks for inviting me. I'm very excited. Also, I'm, I'm, I'm knocking on a bit now, so I have nothing else to do on Friday night. So <laughs> this is the first time I've been out on a Friday night in years, Amazing. so we're great. <laughs> we, really, we really don't know you at all, do we? No, this we met about four minutes ago. Yeah, and we've already had cuddles. And I know, it's been great. There is a bit of a tenure. Your mum kind of hit on me a little bit. <laughs> I tried to and then you asked me you, if yeah, I was single yeah. and I wasn't sure if that was for your mum's well, benefit. Well, I'll tell you okay. why. <laughs> okay. So this is a very tenuous lit. Well, it's not that tenuous. You actually did a Just 17 shoot with my sister when you were much younger. And did you I? shared a cab together. Um, I don't, do you remember this? There was a thing I once did and it said, these are the essentially kids that are coming through that in various... In yeah. Various, yeah, that okay. was yeah. I'm not making this up. These are the kids that are coming through. I'm turning the kettle in, in the next in, in the next sort of iteration of yeah. life. And there was a young black lad that was a businessman in the world of business, and he had a thing that he was going to do with phones. And there was a young girl who was a filmmaker who had bleach blonde hair. This is dragging up a memory. And there was a young girl who was a model, and there was me who was an actor. And I shared a cab with her, on the way yeah. home. And I, I'm genuinely not just saying this, I just can't believe that this memory is now coming through. I remember thinking she was the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> she life. She's gorgeous. And, so people think that. and really sound. And I remember her being really unmodelly in that she was just going, I don't really know if I want to do this because it's kind of full of dicks. And, 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 and yeah, that would be how extraordinary that genuinely how, and I'm so pleased because when you said oh, I don't think I did a thing for Just 17 but I've remembered though that yeah, photo shoot and, those girls, and I've remembered yeah. sharing a cab with this girl and I've remembered the rest of it because we're not American we don't do that thing where we go hey can I get your number and we'll go on a date yeah. we're British so we have to sort of pretend we're not interested in yeah. each other pretty mm -hmm. much up until the moment we have sex yeah. it's very weird <laughs> um, and so of course there was no opportunity to say anything never got a number or anything and was that really your sister? That was my sister. Yeah. What an amazing thing. My girlfriend lives in America. <laughs> She'll never know. Let's give it. Hannah <laughs> lives in America, yeah. though. Oh. Oh, where are you going from? I'm just saying. Look at you trying to usurp my girlfriend. She's you are terrible. ruining this. No, she, <laughs> ha Hannah, no. Hannah's an actor now. Actress. Really? Where's where she live? New York or America? Oh, LA. LA. Yeah. Across the other side of the continent. Yeah, a bit more of a schlep. It is a bit. Of, I already slept in New York with my girlfriend. I think she's that coming over in a week. Stop trying to get me to <laughs> shag your daughter. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're like a terrible. I pimp. think you should have at least a taxi journey. To <laughs> oh my God, it's going to be like before sunrise. And like, oh, that amazing trilogy. This is amazing. I'll tell. What, oh, the Ethan Hook. Yeah, right? that really pretentious. Tell you what, I might be quite fun. Why don't we do a taxi ride and um, yeah, and, do it, and do it as a podcast? Yeah, and, and just good. go for no reason whatsoever. See what we've both learned in the interview. Yeah, that would be really because really we were both like. In fact, I remember thinking I sound so young and naive, and <laughs> thinking she sounded really cool. So we'll see where we are now. She's been trained. Yeah. <laughs> so um, just to kind of explain, my mother was very keen to get you on because she was the person that pointed <clears throat> me in the direction of you and your Twitter mm -hmm. ongoing Twitter. I, I like calling it a debate or an exchange. Exchange, how, how yeah. not a spat. To. We're not going to no, call it a spat. No, people do keep calling it a spat. I understand why, and sometimes people call it a spat. Well, with, with 
perfectly well-intentioned um, reasoning on um, Twitter, probably because they don't have a lot of characters to say exchange, but um, <laughs> it's not a spat, because a spat involves two people slinging insults at each other, and I've been very, very careful you not haven't. to. Very careful. Yeah. Just to kind of set it up, can you explain to some people that don't know yes. what, what's going on on Twitter? <clears throat> okay, so um, I, um, I tweeted... So I, I was at home and I watched uh, Jeremy Hunt... Secretary of State for Health, head of the NHS. I watched him on Andrew Marr's politics show. Um, I, I, I keep trying to think of sort of s- smart legal ways to say this, but just I'll just say it, lying. Mm-hmm. Just lying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, throwing out a load of statistics um, that just, they were so complex and complicated that as much as Andrew Marr's a, a professional, a great professional, you, you can't, if you've thrown a load of statistics thrown at you, you, mm. you don't have time to go, well, wait a second, I don't know if that's entirely, yeah. hey, what, what's Andrew Marr going to do? I don't believe you, you can't say that. Right. But I follow uh, a lot of uh, junior doctor activists on, on Twitter and I was watching this and I was seeing them at the same time tweeting going, this mm. is simply not true. And I was so angry and mm. I just tweeted pretty angrily. Uh, I tweeted at, at, Jeremy, at Jeremy Hunt. I said, this is what it looks like when a man goes on TV and lies, knowingly lies to the British public. Um, if I'm wrong, Jeremy Hunt, sue me. I double dare you. Which was, in, in retrospect... <laughs> pretty aggressive and not entirely legally sound um so didn't think anything of it because i you know it's twitter you send stuff like i mean i don't like aggressively insult people i was angry about that mm. but i never thought for a minute that he'd get back to me right. i thought he might block me but i never thought he'd say yeah, yeah. 10 days later yeah this tweet comes back from him which t- to this day i'm still astonished by and it said um it said uh, a load of more statistics. It said I can't remember them off the top of my head, but mm. it was like six thousand new nurses yeah. registered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and so doing this, so and so, and a load of spurious statistics. And then he followed it up by going, "Isn't it your job to find a country that's done better and faster?" And I was like, "Okay, I'll do it." <laughs> well, actually, my opening gambit was, "If you think that that's my job, you overestimate the responsibilities <laughs> of professional actors." But I have a go. <laughs> I love that. Um, so I did, and I, I, I you know, t- talked to people and, and, and got their advice and t- asked them what they thought and then did this tweet. So, and I said, first, your first claim is this. Well, full, this graph shows that this and this statement was released, so we can say that that's not true. Then this one's not true. Then this one's not true. And in fairness to me, I actually said to him, you also claim this statistic, but you actually underestimated the progress that you have made. So in actual fact, this one goes in your favour. So mm. fair enough. No thanks for that. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then I followed that up by saying, look, you, uh, so we've done that, but rather than throw, throw in, you know, I didn't say throw in, but rather than call each other names on Twitter, I said, let's do this properly. Mm. Since you're obviously willing to engage, and that's to your credit, let's mm. do this properly. Why don't me and you sit together in a room and we'll discuss this, but not just me and you, we'll have fact checkers and junior doctors there mm. present so that we all know where we stand. And um, How's that going for you? Well, he came back... And he said, I don't think I've... I said, I said let's not call each other names. Mm. And I said, I'm sure you're a reasonable person. Mm. And he said, I don't think I've ever called anyone names, despite you making some quite serious allegations <laughs> that, you, that you can't back up. What's interesting to me is that he said, but I'm still happy to meet up and talk as long as it's going to be reason debate and not Twitter screaming. So he did say this. He did say he agreed to meet. And then what happened was, I said something, uh, I, I can't remember whether I said something, but basically he then said, right, let's let's... Let's clear this up, he said. And then he sent me a whole load of new statistics. And then he said, this will be my last, my last word on the, right, on, okay. on the matter. I frankly think it would be 
madness for him to to engage in that debate. I think it would be. I think it was madness for him to reply in the first place. To, to me, I think he got painted himself into a terrible corner, mm. and I'm now going to continue to be a thorn in his side because Good. I'm not going to let him get away with Good it. Good for you. Oh, Jeremy, we so wish you'd come for dinner tonight. Um, uh, You've been sorely missed. You've been sorely missed. It's a safe space. It's very safe. (laughs) We're all civilised people. And if you would like to come, would you come back? I'd certainly come back, especially for the cooking more than anything. But the terms remember were Jeremy, Jeremy, me, junior doctors and some fact checkers we'll have yeah. all can't, of them you said there's a lot of cooking to be done that's okay. fine that's we'll fine. have the whole team here so your brother's a doctor my, my, junior doctor my or? brother's a, a, he's 27 so he's, he's done his his junior doctor training and mm. he's now training to be an anaesthetist mm-hmm. um, and I briefly very briefly started medical school way back in the day did you so yeah yeah at Manchester yeah um, I mean I was only there for five weeks uh, <laughs> was this before the royal family? No. The royal family came out the same week as I started medical school. Oh. Literally the same week. So I started medical school on the Monday. And on the Thursday, the royal first episode was broadcast. And within like a week, suddenly it was like, talk about a crossroads in your life. Yeah. And going, what am I going to do? I thought I was going to be a doctor my whole life. That's really? what I've geared up towards. Have you got, have you got um, doctors in the family? No, I don't know. I just, um, that's, what, that's what I was always going to do. Um, and <laughs> it was the, so now that my brother, who's 10 years younger than me, um, now that he's a doctor, I'm like, oh, my mum's delighted. At least she got one. Um, <laughs> I know. So, um, yeah, so, uh, I don't know. So, I, my formal education stopped at 18. So, it's not like I've sort of gone and done a degree here and, mm. and that there. But I've always considered myself, because I, I studied all sciences, I've considered myself, for what it's worth, to be one of these people who m- leans more to a scientific way of thinking but happens to work in the arts. Mm. You know, like Dara O'Brien, um, what is a extremely you've got a degree in maths I think and yeah yeah get him on he's great uh, okay. you know um, uh, obviously Brian Cox is basically a genius yeah. who, who was who was in D-Ream so that's sort of that crossover oh I'm my god thinking, I didn't know that did you not? no Brian Cox wasn't. was in D-Ream shut up I didn't know that either. yeah Professor Brian Cox not yes. the actor of Brian Cox kidding. yeah he was the keyboardist in D-Ream oh, oh my god yeah you can see him on the top How of the pops going know things did you know that? yes it's, did you know I didn't know that pretty well known oh, okay Right. I didn't yeah. know that. It's pretty well known. That, I've, well, God, yeah. I'm like... But me he looks a bit like a rock star. Yeah, he's you know, a dude. Yeah, he's a real yeah. dude, yeah. yeah. And that's why I love science. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, I've always vaguely, whether or not that's a, a, a grandiose way of thinking, maybe I don't deserve it, but I've always felt like I'm vaguely in that camp, like I'm somebody who's in the arts, started out from a science mm. background. So I like to think that I think of things from a slightly more science or not science but evidence-based perspective evidence is key it's everything Mm. statistics are key but you have to understand how they can be manipulated and what the full picture is so i think everybody in the world should read ben Ben goldacre's book bad science because if you don't know about how to read how to uh listen to evidence you don't know the difference between anecdotal evidence and uh, peer-reviewed evidence it's Mm. just important and if Mm. you know this shit then you, you can view the world in a way that like you can make sense of things and understand, and you can spot very clearly when people are trying to sell you something, which is what I spotted. So, you know, the junior doctor strike a few years ago yeah. was when I really started to get furious about Me this too. whole thing. Mm. And the government, led by Jeremy Hunt, sp- spanned this, this idea that junior doctors were being greedy. That's what really incensed me. Greedy, yeah. entitled, and um, lazy. So and lazy and in a you know, privileged position. Yeah, you know, Alec, I mean, how many... My brother just did a night, night shift, shift and he was meant to be back here to have a sleep 
uh, what, like 9.30, he got back at, I think, like, one, like he does overtime because he didn't want to m- finish because something needed to be sorted. Well, it's I, like they I, don't just clock off and I, they're like, oh, someone's dying, bye. As I understand it, one of the things that has caused a real problem to get back to the, to get, um, to the, uh, the original strike and mm. the, the extra hours yeah. that you're just talking about that he has to work, as I understand it, and feel free anybody who's listening to this to correct me, but it used to be that doctors had to work mad overtime hours and they, there was, they complained about it. Mm. So in response to that, they changed the, the, the law or the guideline, or I think the law, I think they changed the law and they said doctors now can only work a certain number of hours. Oh, but, but the, the rules then st- said doctors uh, can't work overtime. All they have to do is, is they have to stay on long enough to finish off what they've already started. Mm-hmm. But the practical application of that is doctors work a certain amount of time, then still work all the hours that they used yeah. to work, but now don't get paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> so if anything, it's it's a, it's legislation that's uh, disguised as helpful, but actually has made the situation a lot worse. So anyway, that was how they got into this situation. And then there's the unsafe working hours, and then there's pay, and you know there's this imposing a contract. Jeremy Hunt said several times, uh, yeah, I'll have to impose the contract if, if necessary. And then they took him to court. And uh, the, the court said, you're not allowed to impose a contract. And he said, yeah, I never actually said I was imposing a contract. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know one junior doctor that signed the contract. No. Because I don't know any junior doctor that does sign a contract. No. It's interesting because um, a neighbour down the road, his daughter, wanted to change direction. And she said, what about your contract? And she said, I've never signed no, one. No, no, no. Because they're so inefficient, yeah. they don't have the contracts. Yeah. Yeah. So people are working in this kind of blindness yeah. and no one knows what the expectations are when they yeah. stop. Yeah. But I know it's really poorly paid. Well, yeah, I mean, my, my girlfriend's American. I'm in New York quite a lot at the moment. And um, aside from the fact that you talk to any American for any length of time, 10 minutes, chances are healthcare insurance is going to pop up because yeah. they live in a permanent, perpetual state of anxiety mm. about it. You know, and this is what, this, this is the danger of private health insurance. Um, but doctors over there are very, very wealthy people. And there's no mm. reason, they, you know, fair, that's, not, and that's not a criticism, mm. but they're extremely wealthy. They're kind of, you know, you can be relatively young as a doctor over there and be pulling in 300 grand a year. And, I, you know, I'm not going to start talking about how my brother's getting paid, but it's, uh, <laughs> it ain't that. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's, If he's lucky, one. it's about a tenth of that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and they do it because they love the NHS. And my brother doing could, it for the money, no, are my, they? No, no, it's a vocation. My brother could go, could go private, could have gone private, and he said to me time and time again, I'll never leave the NHS. And I That's think exactly. so many doctors feel like that because they believe in it. So I, I do apologise, Ralph, because my mum is a better cooker than me, but we do have lamb tagine with apricots and sultanas wow. with flaked kind of um uh, roasted almonds and then we've got orange zest couscous with some pistachios and almonds and then alex has done the pud which is yogurt cake have you ever been to morrow oh yeah 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 have you ever I've had the yogurt in, um, cake uh, Exmouth market, market yeah. yeah so i've they, never had the yogurt cake though okay it's really great okay and so that's what we're having i mean it looks extraordinary it's uh Rich bit of onion there dangling <laughs> off the ladle, apricots and raisins. Did you say were in it? Bit of sultanas. a cor- sultanas, bit of a coriander uh, garnish. Yeah, my my uh, Clara Ampho calls it. Uh, what did she call it? The devil's herb. herb. She, she hates, hates coriander. People who don't like coriander really don't I like know, coriander. I know, they really don't. Like it. I think what you've done. I think the the thing for me with a stew is always like. Um, I mean, I don't I don't mind a bit of cooking myself with a stew. It's the consistency that's key. 
This is good, darling. And this is perfect. Thank you. It well, there was a rich, lot of effort that went into it. I rich actually, and, 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 you know. I took the meat out so it doesn't go too kind of sad. Wow. And then you, you kind of, you, you reduce it. So, yeah, I hope it's good. But, you, yeah. You're nailing it. Thanks. I'm all over it. Thank you. There we go. Um, I'm happen? very pleased to see no vegetables. That makes <laughs> me very happy. Pamelo Nero is coming, but I just forgot to put it on. So oh. you, but you don't have to have it. No, no, no. <laughs> I only ever eat a bit of green stuff just because I know somewhere Obedient. in the world my mum might be happy. <laughs> this coriander's enough. There's like one tiny bit of coriander. That'll shut her up. Fine, fine. Yeah. In some respects, I still have the palate of a 10-year-old boy. But hey. What did you grow up on? Like, were your families oh, foodie? I feel extremely guilty about... Um, uh, <laughs> a lot of things in life. But particularly as a young boy, my behaviour as a kid. My mum was a real sort of progressive feminist. She, I think she was one of the earliest, like one of the first few hundred female chartered accountants in the country ever to qualify. Like she was a bit of a trailblazer. And I've seen pictures of her in the 70s. She was so, it's always funny when you see how like cool your parents were. Mum yeah. used to drive a Triumph Spitfire long hair in the, in the 60s she was and it was like, mum was cool. Um, I was like, dad, nice one. <laughs> um, but um, she, uh, she used to really, she used to kind of read all the good housekeeping recipes and used to sort of, re, she used to really experiment. And we, these days we take it for granted that, you know, you might have a curry or you might have some Thai, like a homemade curry mm, or, or mm. a Thai. I don't mean necessarily ordering in, but in the early 80s, late 80s even, households, a lot of households were meat, potatoes, veg. Mm -hmm. And I used to be quite the fussy eater. Oh. And so my mom's experience of me as a, as a kid, and actually my siblings too, was making all this effort to make this stuff. And then us having again going, uh, uh, it's horrible, everything. It just- oh. Have things feel, changed? Wouldn't have had that. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, you, you grow up and- Have you and, apologized? I think I might have, but she doesn't remember does it. Does she She's still like, cook? Well, she does, but she's on her own now, my mom, and she doesn't. I do feel a bit guilty about it. Now she's sort of extremely basic, she just makes the basic stuff that she needs like to survive. And mm. I, it would be probably a little bit self-flagellating to uh, imagine that that's entirely down to, to us. To no, I don't think it was. But it, you know, you do feel guilty going, oh, I hope we just sort of didn't break her uh, enthusiasm for it. But I don't think so. But for example though, she did make some, cl some clear mistakes with kids. Shrove Tuesday, pancake day, we're so excited, delighted. And I, I was in an age where you remember like there's a, like maybe sort of four or five or six or something like that where you start to become conscious and you start to remember things and you don't remember a year ago when you were three mm -hmm. and two years ago when you were two. So my first experience of Pancake Day, I was like, Pancake Day, what is it? And you get told and you go, this is gonna be amazing. And I turn up on Pancake Day and my mum has seen in Good Housekeeping or Women's Maggie or something, she's seen, hey, have healthy Pancake Day <laughs> with um, cottage cheese, pineapple, and chopped red peppers oh, in. Oh God. my God. And I'm waiting for a fucking pancake with, <laughs> with sugar and, and syrup yeah. and Nutella and orange juice, and this shit's put in front of me, <laughs> and I'm five years old, and I'm like, get this shit out of my face. <laughs> um, so, you know, she did make some um, some schoolboy errors on that You school. used to eat cottage cheese and cute um, and, uh, and pineapple. pineapple that was like a thing it was the you 80s. can buy yeah. it, it in, a, in a you bottle. can buy it you that, when you're on it. those bloody diets yeah always yeah. cottage cheese the 80s. And big pineapple. shoulder pads yeah. wall street cottage cheese and pineapple and cottage cheese and pineapple healthy bloody pancakes that's funny who gives a five-year-old boy a healthy <laughs> cottage cheese pancake and expects them to eat it did you eat healthily I don't think we ate naughtily, but like, you know, like you, it was always home cooked. Yeah. yeah. Like we've talked about this before in one of the podcasts, but like, you know, we had the odd Kiev. 
And like, I think we thought that was quite novel. Yeah. Well, did you know, she, I mean, she could really cook and she was so varied and she made homemade curries at a, in a time when mm. people didn't really make mm-hmm. homemade curries and she was kind of always ahead of the curve like that. Did you well, eat out a lot in Manchester? No, no, not at all, actually. No, it was all home cooked. They were, um, they were kind of very big on the old, we get home, we sit around the table, which I think if I have kids, I'll probably be the same. Is it a Manchester thing then? Because Sitting around the table? No, I don't know. It might also be a not much money thing. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I want to know about everyone in the royal family. Take it from the top. Well, uh, many, yeah. many of them are like exactly what you'd expect. Yeah. Ricky Tomlinson is exactly Ricky oh, Tomlinson. Yeah. He's exactly Jim Roy. Sue Johnston is just the most wonderful human being. She's yeah. just amazing. She's the most genuine. Sue Johnson's so cool. I read her autobiography and the, you know when you read someone's autobiography and you go, I didn't know that about you. <laughs> Sue Johnson used to kick about with the Beatles in um, in the cavern when she was a kid. And they they uh, they all, as far as I could tell from reading between the lines in the book, they all fancied her. And, um, I love that and she kind of implied that. She, was she, she, well, I inferred it maybe more than she implied it, but... Um, I don't know if she'd agree with this, but from what I inferred from the book, Paul McCartney was definitely trying to shag her and she was not. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. But I, I mean, I, you know, don't quote me on that, but that's, that's how I saw it. Okay. Um, but she's just great. And Sue, almost out of all of us, you know, Ricky's, Ricky's amazing and hilarious, but Ricky plays Ricky mm. um, in everything. As mm-hmm. an actor, he does it amazingly, but he, you know, that's what he does. Um, and, um, you know, Caroline did a thing and Craig did his thing and... And, and I, I'd like to think I'm a good actor, but most of the time I've only ever had the chance to kind of just play someone who's similar to myself. But Sue is the real deal, you know. She's trained, came up as the, one of the, the, that generation of working class actors from Liverpool, worked with Jimmy McGovern, Ricky and all that kind of thing, and is, is a genuine, she's the real article in terms of, well, there's a reason she's an OBE, she is amazing. Carolina Hearn, yeah. of course. Fabulous I mean, woman. Extraordinary. I, I always feel like Craig should be mentioned specifically at this point because everybody talks about Caroline mm. and everybody knows that Caroline was a genius and uh, people wear, use that word a lot, but um, it was very true with her. And she wore it so lightly. Um, but Craig Cash, without Craig Cash, there's no royal family. And I think that he doesn't get enough credit yeah, for that, you know. Here, yeah. yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, it was Lennon and McCartney. Um, I don't know which Craig would have preferred to be, uh, <laughs> but it really was. Um, and so Caroline is this extraordinary, vibrant, creative mind that just saw things just a little bit differently, like, like true genius does. And equally, I think, because she saw things differently, found it sometimes quite hard to relate to the world in, 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 in a quote-unquote normal way. 
Um, but she was she was something special. And then Craig Cash is just a dude. He's like the nice. He's exactly what you think. Oh, all right, Ralphie. <laughs> oh. Somebody, somebody I love said, that the flat vowel. Yeah. Somebody he said. Hey, Ralphie, somebody asked me if I talk like this in real life or I'm putting it on. I said, what do you think? I was like, okay, <laughs> fair enough, Craig. Um, but uh, so, it was like, almost like a precursor to the goggle box. Well, I mean... Or, I mean, I'm it, sure... It, well, Craig, Craig said to... <laughs> Craig said think, to you know, the producer of Gogglebox read an interview with her and went, yeah, we, we they stay on the Royal Family. Yeah. I mean, straight up said it. it. Um, but Craig said to me uh, a couple of years ago, we were having a drink and he went, hey, Gogglebox is great, isn't it? I was like, we're only saying that because you and Caroline narrate it, like joking, and he's going, he's going, I tell you what, though, what a great idea. Why didn't we think of it? Why didn't we just go, well, we've done it once, we'll do it again. I was like, well, yeah, it kind of would have been nice. Did you realise it was going to be so successful when it's you very... went for the audition? When well, it's you a very good question. I remember reading the script the night before, um, not during the audition because I'd only seen one scene, but the night before the first read-through, I remember reading uh, the script. Mm. And my mum sort of padding around on the landing outside my, my bedroom. And then I finished and went downstairs and sat down next to her on the, uh, on the city to watch the telly and she was like I didn't take you laughing very much <laughs> I was like well I know there's no jokes but it's funny I think and then I walked into the read through and you've got Ricky Tomlinson there who I knew from Cracker not Brookside I was like oh my god it's the guy from Cracker oh, it's this, this woman Caroline Hearn obviously I knew and Craig and you know Ricky opens his mouth in the first couple of lines and suddenly everybody's laughing and then on the <clears throat> during filming honestly my I did a play with Mackenzie Crook a few years ago and I had this conversation with him and we both, when he, we talked, he talked about filming The Office and I talked about filming The Royal mm. Family. And mainly we have memories, we have snippets of memories of moments, but really our memory is this. You turn up for work, you start work at 8 a.m., you kind of laugh uncontrollably, tears running down your face until about 7 p.m. and you go home and you go, how did we ever get anything done? Like that was basically, I've never... Just howled with laughter so much, and I was like, all the time. It's just like this podcast. It was. It is like this podcast. <laughs> yeah. It but, was, um, it was so so uh, so when you're having that much, you go in. Well, we think it's funny. Yeah. So yeah. You know, hopefully everybody else will. Infectious. But we nobody could have known that it was gonna. And it did. I, you know, look, I was just the kid that was dragged on along with it. No, it's nobody could have known it was gonna change the face of British comedy for a decade. <laughs> The doctor who's been on a night shift has kindly, selflessly made yoghurt cake. He's not happy with it. In fact, he's not, I think he's walked out of the room because he's embarrassed about <laughs> Stormed it. Stormed out, flounced out. But I bet you it tastes good. Presentation, I'd give it a little, uh, I'd give it a five, but it tastes, who knows? I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw this out there, right? Mm. I, obviously, if you're in a restaurant, then that's one thing, but... I love cooking, actually. I'm not too shabby in, in the kitchen oh, yeah? myself. And one of the things I really generally don't give a shit about is presentation. I couldn't really care less. No, because, Jesse's a skinner Because I'm only gonna, I'm only going to scoop it out, whack it on my plate, and throw it down my gob that's anyway. Exactly no, Jesse, so bless him, Alex, Jesse, Alex was looking at that. That's why we've got no pictures of any of the food we've cooked. Because <laughs> Jesse rubs it on. Exactly. But so Alex, you know, stormed out the room all looking upset, but... That no. actually, to me, looks delicious, even though it's a collapsed right. cake. So, have you got any cream? No. Cream no. solves everything, darling. Well, I didn't realise you'd cream. have yoghurt and cream, but that's a... You know what? I think this is going to be I think okay. It's, going to be it's a bit like okay, and if you don't well, mind me stopping it, there you yes. go. Jessica, sorry, Whack Ralph. It Jessica, we'll call it. he's supposed to have it on the other I'm side. I'm sorry, we'll call but it's it. gonna taste the same, isn't it? We'll no, call it, it's not. Let's call it yogurt upside down cake. Yeah, okay, perfect. Jessica, even he's turning it over. You're absolutely a fool. Right. 
Mm. Well, hold taste. on. Let's let's have a taste. It's this so is like you just sounded like Greg Wallace in. Why Master. is it so small? Because it didn't rise. No, even if it rose. You know what? What? I think it's because I opened the oven to check you it idiot. wasn't burning. So I think it's actually my fault. Never taste. Taste, taste is an eight. By the way, it tastes amazing. It's nice, right? It's fantastic. So there you go. What is it? Yogurt cake. Talk me through it. It's like yogurt, yogurt. Well, yeah. With eggs, right? And not self-raising flour. So actually, my opening of the oven shouldn't have messed it up. I don't think. The eggs, darling. Oh shit! Because it's like a souffle. Shit. Okay, so plain flour. Actually, oh yeah, have the crunchy bit. Darling, um, it shouldn't actually be much higher than this. I'm yeah. just shocked. It's quite small. Thank you very much. Um, Craft's going in it. for seconds. Oh, yeah, I'm not messing about. Um, so, yeah, we've got... Um, and then it's got pomegranates and pistachios on it. And actually, it's really tasty. That's great. It's bloody good. Mm. What's our flavourings here? Citrusy? It's quite citrusy. Mm. Lemon. A lot of lemon in. Lemon. Mm. Um, and a, half an orange, I think. Mm. But we can take no credit for this recipe. This is a Moro one through and through. Oh. So you're a good, you say you're not a bad chef. So what's your, do you do dinner parties? Do you like, what's your best thing to cook? No, um, I knock up a pretty mean lasagna, but from scratch. Mm -hmm. You know this kind of white sauce from a packet business. No. You've got to, you what's know, your make... secret ingredient? Do you have a secret ingredient? Mine's mango chutney. In a lasagna? Mm-hmm. Jesus Wow. Christ. I got that from a friend at university. It was her grandmother's idea and it works. Wow. I'm Trust I... me. Does what it? Does it do? Trust me. It's just got a sweetness. Where just do you put me. it? Just put it in the, the, in the, the meat? In the ragu, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, probably just Worcester sauce, actually. I like I it. never put Worcester sauce I in do. mine. Yeah. Everything. Worcester sauce in a lasagna, yeah. Well, and basically, it's just, that's why my spaghetti bolognese recipe. So it, that's the, the seasoning is Worcester sauce in that. It's very distinctive. And then I just use that for a lasagna. Nice. Yeah. Any pud? Are you a baker? Are you a pudding person? I, I mean, I would be, but I, I'm going to get around to it. Do you know what my favourite cake is in the world? What? Victoria Sponge. I'm a I man love. of simple tastes. I love it. Well, my favourite biscuits are like rich tea and plain digestives. I'm a, I'm a granddad in that respect. Can I ask you something? Because you come from Bury. Did you used to go to Blackpool as a kid? Yeah, Blackpool Illuminations right. every... Of yeah. course. And true. did you ever get tomatoes? You know they used to sell tomatoes on the way home. And they were the best tomatoes you've ever eaten. They were hard, bullet, sweet tomatoes. Well... Blackpool tomatoes. It's funny you should say sell. that. Because who is it? It was Mark, the sound engineer. So I think about coriander, what do you say that like, it's a genetic thing yeah. is that to certain people with a genetic predisposition, coriander doesn't taste like coriander. It tastes just weird and foul and it's not like about fussiness. And Mark experiences that. And it was, ex it was fascinating to me that because um, I have this visceral, innate, almost phobia not phobia because it's not that weird, but like yes. hatred of tomatoes. Oh, how weird. Hatred. <laughs> I like, asked you that. Yeah. So, so I wasn't going to mention it, but then, but then you answered it. Yeah. 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 yeah, just in the vibes, you know. Just, but it's what weird. is it about it? The, the seeds? The texture, the just... Oh. You can eat them cooked? Well, what's so weird is... There's a tomato in there. Well, yeah. tomatoes, tinned chopped tomatoes. What's so weird is I can make uh, I can make a spaghetti bolognese, make lasagna. If a pizza arrives, I can eat pizza fine. But if the pizza has slices of tomato on, I have to have them removed by somebody else. It's so Why weird. Why somebody else? Yeah, I can't. I can't. Oh, that's a that's a real. I can't problem. get the the, se Why? the juice of the seeds on my on my hand. And when I'm cooking, I have to be so careful. Like if I'm like pouring pasta. Have you ever had a bit of a situation on a date where you've just like freaked out? No, it's never been quite that bad. I just I'm I'm used to avoiding. You just well, avoid like, places so this morning, that serves tomatoes. This morning I was I was having quite a, an important meeting, an important work meeting. It was oh. a breakfast meeting, and I'd ordered um, 
uh, scrambled eggs on toast and they brought it With and there was a cooked on tomato the on the side. Now a cooked tomato is the, the devil's work, right? Because it's there and it's hard, it's open. Like if it was in its skin, I can live with that because it's it's contained. But there it is. And if you press it, it's cooked and it all spurges over. Oh, oh my God. Oh God. And I, I'll tell you what, it's got problems. as weird, but as weird as that is, I'll tell you what's even weirder about it is that obviously over the years, you have this conversation a few times because people say, oh, do you not eat this and do you not eat that? And what's most weird about it is not that that's how I am. What's really weird is there's loads of us out there. Yeah. <laughs> loads of us. And, and I mean specifically. Oh, tomato people. Yeah, and I mean specifically not just, yeah, oh, Claire I don't like tomato. But not just, oh, I don't like it, but specifically this visceral reaction that I've got. Specifically, you can eat pizza, but how you can't funny. have a slice. So I can eat like a spaghetti bottle or a ragu, but if... If there's a lump of tomato in it, I have to have I have to take that out. And what's so weird is I just thought that was me. But there's loads of us out there. So I wondered when Mark said about the coriander, like kind of I wondered if there's like a genetic predisposition to finding tomatoes extremely horrific. Do you think you've got any bad table manners? My girlfriend pointed something out that I think is quite funny that it's quite specific to me and my brother, um, who eats like me. We um neither of us we we, we have to have the food has to be moist. Which is why everything tonight was perfect. So you've got the <laughs> stew and you've moist. got this. It's just great. Yeah. But like dry food, crisps are probably the exception. If I have dry food, I always have to have a drink with it. And I didn't realise this until literally a couple of months ago when my girlfriend pointed it out. She was l- crying with laughter. I don't realise it. But I, I get a mouthful and I start chewing it. And then without thinking, I'll store it in the side of my mouth in little pouches. And then I'll get a drink, have a sip... And then bring the food back in, oh mix God, it all like together. Yeah. It's oh so God, that's, that's, weird. That's what my kid does. It's so I know, but your kid's like uh, twenty-five. No, this is only two. Yeah, I know. It's so weird. And and luckily, I think I, my like cheeks don't bulge, so people don't notice it. I wish we'd done the, something dry just so I could have seen that, and then we could have discussed it later. Well, we'll chat for a bit, and then see if you've got a biscuit or something <laughs> else. Some dry cereal. If <laughs> yeah, I just got to shove that in my home. mouth. Um, and what do don't you like in other people's table manners? Spending a bit of time in America is fascinating because... It's Amer- fucking rude when they take your bloody plate. Is that what you were about to Aren't say? Aren't they? But they're, but they're, they're, they're rude when they take your plate, but the... Um, when the other where, people you, where, haven't you're, finished. When you're a guest uh, with your American friends and you're eating, your American friends are fucking rude to the waiters. I can't bear yeah. it. It may, I never feel more, more, more British in my entire life <gasps> Excuse me, when, than when we're at, a, um, we're at a table and we'll be eating and... and if somebody bring, we were laughing because if somebody brings something, I'll, I'll eat it and I'll go and like somebody will go, is that is that okay? And I'm like, well, it's it could be bad, but it's fine, mm. right? In America, they send everything back. They go, yeah, the 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 broccoli's not as uh, it's not as uh, al dente as I wanted it. Can you can you take it back? And I'm going, I'm waiting for Hannah a hole that. to swallow me up in the floor. I can't bear it. But it's because you can do whatever you want. You basically can like ask for scrambled eggs, but you'll get fried eggs because you'll go, yeah, can I have them cut? Like people like basically change their meal. I, I can't order, I can't order coffee with my girlfriend. Oh my. I can't order coffee with my girlfriend. <laughs> I'm like, can you order? please, oh, it changes every time. Maca chocolate. Yeah, and she never fucking drinks it anyway. <laughs> so I drink everything. Can I get a, do you have chai? Do you have chai? No, mm-hmm. actually I'll get a green tea, but... Uh, could you have a half hot water, a half cold, That's exactly what and you um, do. put a little? Uh, like, oh my god! Shut the fuck up! If it's not on the menu, <laughs> if you can't order a tall latte, don't come in. Do you have oatmeal milk? Shut up! It's embarrassing to us all. I can't do it. Um, Ralph Little, thank you so much for being the most 
incredible guest and educating all of us and thanks um, for my delicious food oh pleasure but no it's been an absolute pleasure to listen to your stories and um understand your hatred for tomatoes tomatoes and i'm sorry for waffling on a lot are you kidding i've talked about myself a great deal that was what we wanted no we're here to talk about us no that's this is the whole point thank you keep the fight oh i'll keep the fight don't worry i'm not going anywhere i'm not going anywhere little mum my idea my idea of heaven he was so much more than I thought he would be and so wonderful so intelligent he needs his own podcast to be honest he needs his own podcast but he he's so intelligent and I do think you have this vision of someone in the royal family this young lad but of course he's not he's a wonderfully clever man I feel like that was one of the most exciting podcasts we've done so far. Yeah, I think it was. But he had a lot to say. He had so much to say. And we absolutely loved having him. It was such a pleasure. Yeah. (sighs) I think if he had... Mum, now I know how you feel after you've cooked. (laughs) I can't can't speak. I'm shattered. Shattered. Mum, how was the food? It was delicious. Thank you. He was like... I'm not going to lie, he was a bit suspicious when you said tagine. Do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think he didn't look, he thought like, what the, what's coming? And then he just got stuck in and loved it. He had seconds. Quite, thank God we didn't know about, we didn't know about the tomatoes. Oh, imagine. That would make him gag. If I'd done my special kind of, oven roasted cherry vine, that, tomatoes on vine. strange though. I've never heard I kind of, of understand version. it, but I'm such a pig that I still, I get that. I don't find it repulsive. No, I don't. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, whatever on your favourite podcasting app. But we know what you're going to do. Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> the music on the show was created by Pete Duffy and Pete Fraser. Table Manners was produced by our friends Cup and Nuzzle. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Do you want to say goodbye to your fans, Mum? Bye. Short and sweet. The mystique is still there. <laughs> Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.